0: One, Forever Alone, is an ongoing story-based podcast and is a work of fiction. It is created and narrated by J.A. Larac. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Chapter 19 Mind and Body My mother stood near one of the exhibits holding Ashley by the hand. She must have been no older than eight years old. Her eyes were bright with excitement as she pointed at the apes in the cage. My mother, however, was upset. Her eyes searched around the room until they focused on something. I followed them to find my younger self leaning against the wall near the exit. I remembered that day. My mother had taken my sister and myself to the zoo. I was upset and spent the trip rondoing off by myself just to anger her. The look on her face when she walked over towards my younger self reminded me that I had succeeded. Timothy, I will not tell you again to stay next to me and your sister. I knew how upset she was but I did not care. Watching those other families taking pictures and having a good time just angered me further. I hated them for being happy. At the time, I didn't know why. My mother grabbed my arm tightly, snapping me out of that state. Don't you ignore me! What is wrong with you? I pulled my arm away, which angered her even more. She knew what was wrong. If I have to be here, why couldn't Jonathan come? I asked. I knew the answer. It was less than a year ago that I stopped going to church. I was vague about my reasons why to my mother and father, but... They spoke with Miss Grant and were able to get the whole story. While they never said it outright, they looked upon Jonathan a bit differently after that. They believed he caused me to leave the church, but the truth was his name could have been replaced with anyone and the result would have been the same. After that, whenever they did not want Jonathan to come with us somewhere, they would use the same excuse every time. I've already told you, this is our family time, Timothy. You should not feel you have to be here. You should want to be with your family. Family time? I should want to be here? Then where is dad? Shouldn't he want to be here too? Oh, that's right. He's working again, like always. One of the reasons I always felt that unchecked emotions were dangerous is that when they reach a boiling point, you will lash out at whoever is closest at the moment, even if they are not involved. It was true that my mother went along without allowing Jonathan to accompany us, but she did truly believe in spending quality family time with us. I was angry at my father because I did not fully understand what his sacrifice meant. In the end, however, I wished his ambition was truly for himself and not because he felt obligated to improve for the family. A reversal from actions based on emotions to understanding of actions based on a rational thought. Daddy's on his way, Ashley said in almost a cheer. I'd almost forgotten about Ashley. The innocence in her eyes, her unwavering love, Her ignorance it was just as upsetting as those smiling families no Ashley he's not just like he wasn't at your recital last Friday or your play two weeks ago my anger and hate were unreasonable I was old enough to understand what it took to raise a family and yet I acted in such a manner To want to shatter the world Ashley was in just to see her upset was... sick. In time, she would come to understand, but it was not necessary to reveal the way things really were to her at such a young age. That's enough, Timothy. Your father is working hard every day so that we can have a better life. This isn't just about you. A father has to think of his whole family before anyone, or anything else. Hopefully you'll understand that when you're a little older. I was stunned for a moment seeing how upset my mother was. It was not just because of what I had said to Ashley, and it was not just because I was 100% off base. I had overheard my mother and father fighting a few weeks earlier. My mother asked if there was any way my father could be off for their anniversary but he was scheduled to be out of town. For a moment, during that fight, she sounded the same I did. It was in fear, and she was upset, but there was nothing that could be done to change things, and she had to learn to accept that. I think at that moment, I understood that I had to learn to accept things as well. I understand that he hasn't been thinking about us for a long time, I said to my mother. I'll never be like that. Never. she did not see the tears in my eyes as I ran out the door. I was lying, and even then I knew it. There were things in life that had to be done, and either the ones you are with understand that, or they do not. Either way, it will not change what needs to be done. The images faded, and I was returned to darkness. I took a step forward. It was so dark. I wondered if I would be able to find my way back to the door. A crackling beneath my feet startled me. I jumped and realized I had stepped on something and broken it. I reached down and felt two objects on the floor. I picked up a cell phone, now broken, and a digital camera. I aimed the camera in front of me and pressed down on its silver button. A bright flash briefly illuminated the room. I filled with the switches on the camera and a bright light shined from the flashbulb. I scanned the light across the room and saw there were more phones, purses, cameras and other items on the ground. I slowly lifted the light up to the exhibits and just stared blankly at the empty cages. There was no more doubt. I felt sick and exited the primate house. Outside the smell of smoke and fire only made it worse. I felt myself panicking, fear slowly taking over. I used anger to fight it back. I tried desperately to convince myself that the fact that animals were also gone, that this must all be in my mind, that it could not be real. Then something inside me called to me to look at the camera. I searched through the stored pictures and discovered the camera belonged to a family. They looked a lot like mine. There were pictures of them together as recent as that day according to the date stamp. The last picture taken was at 1.11pm. Someone else must have taken it. The family stood in front of one of the ape exhibits. They were smiling. An ape stood right behind them as if posing. I felt more anger and rage building up inside me. Like in my memory, I was upset because they were happy. I wanted them to be in pain just like I was. I threw the camera against the building wall it shattered into pieces. I staggered back to my motorcycle. The feeling of sickness was getting worse. I fell onto my hands and knees before the zoo's entrance. My body refused to move any further. This feeling was different than anything I had felt before. I was not losing consciousness or fading into a memory. This was purely physical. I took a moment to think. Then it came to me. I knew what was wrong with me. I grabbed hold of the handles of my motorcycle and pulled myself up and onto it. I looked at myself in the bike mirror and a smile almost came to my face. With all that had happened and the impossibility of it all, my issue right then was basic. I was hungry. That afternoon I missed breakfast and had not eaten since. Considering the heat of the fire and the numerous falls I had taken, it was no surprise that my body was ready to give in. I made my way down Clark Street. The fire was still spreading from Wells Street out across the neighborhood. I considered going to Christine's home to see if it was still there, but something inside me wanted it to burn so that I could just forget about it and move on. I pulled in front of the Walgreens drugstore I did not even realize why I had gone there. There were many other places I could have gone to in order to find food, but I chose there. I walked to the front of the store. I was surprised to find the lights were on as if waiting for me. As I walked through the empty store, I thought back on my time working there. I used to come in before they would open and stock the shelves and perform other duties. Even though it was in September, The air conditioner was still on, which made the whole store as cold as one of its freezer cases. I went aisle to aisle, deciding the best things to do was to gather supplies that I may need during my search. While the thought of being trapped in that world was already terrible, wishing it away or being ill-prepared would have just been stupid on my part. If I could feel pain and require food and water, then I could also suffer the effect of neglect. There was also the chance that I may need to stay in one place for a long time, and if so, I needed to have basic survival items. A sturdy backpack was the first item I reached for. I made sure that the safety on the M911 was on, and I placed it in a small pouch in front of the backpack. Items such as batteries, a flashlight, and rope were the next items that I put in there. I made a mental list and finding most of the items in the store helped me put things in perspective. I finished my shopping and grabbed a handful of beef jerky and sat on one of the checkout counters near the front of the store. Across from me was another customer checkout. When I worked there, I would sometimes be stationed at one of the checkout lanes. While I hated dealing with people, I was pretty good at it. Whenever someone would become irrational, I would break down their argument until they understood my point, or stormed out. Either way, I would be rid of them. Strangely enough, it was Jonathan who got me the job at Walgreens. Not long after we started college, Jonathan and I began talking again. I had grown during the summer while searching for what college I wanted to attend. I had the grades and my family had enough money to send me almost anywhere, but the more time I spent thinking about the road I was heading down, the less I wanted to traverse it. Seeing other people fret over what college they were going to and what context they were going to make made me realize I was foolish for acting that way during high school. Moreover, while I understood my father's sacrifice, I did not want to become like him. My future was to be for me alone. If someone wished to travel that road with me, then they would have to carry their own weight and keep up, or be left behind. Not a popular attitude to be sure, especially when trying to date. I had no time for women, whose goals hinged on mine. I was honest with my opinions and feelings, and I learned, as I suspected, that most of the women my age just could not deal with the truth, and I could not deal with a lie. The end result was me, working for me, and only me. Jonathan understood, but now he was the one that was a bit more goal-oriented. He had fewer choices than I for college, but he got into DePaul University, and so did I. We met in a cafeteria one day and just started talking things out. He was reasonable, and we were able to put things in the past. After shaking hands and walking away, there was an uneasy feeling inside of me. I felt that our friendship was doomed to fail, and I felt that once again it would be me who brought forth that failure. I kept thinking about my time working there, and I could feel my thoughts pulling together yet another memory to the forefront of my mind. All of these memories, dreams, nightmares. It made me thankful for all those conversations I had with Aunt Jackie. It was her who taught me many things about my dreams and nightmares. However, there were a few things that she did not tell me. One being that you bring your weakened physical state with you into a dream world. At the peak of my ability to control and escape my nightmares, I was stricken with an infection. Being bedridden, barely able to move, was painful enough to deal with during the day, but it was even worse at night, in my dreams. It's simple, really. If your body is weak, but not fully debilitated, your mind is busy trying to correct whatever is wrong with you physically. Because of this, any abilities one may have had in a dream world are weakened or lost altogether. As nightmares go, that week was the worst I had ever experienced until now. As I felt myself being pulled into my past, I realized just like my mind, I could not allow my body to weaken. They work in concert, and if I was to survive and find the answers that I sought, then I would need to remain vigilant, that both, mind and body, remain strong. Next week, chapter 20.